This is KJZZ's Sun Up, your daily news update from here in Phoenix on our state and region. Hi again, I'm Phil Latzman. This podcast is a daily digest of the day's events here in rainy and snowy Arizona. It is Thursday, March the 2nd, 2023. Let's get rolling or shoveling. And as another snowstorm blankets northern Arizona from the front terrace desk in Flagstaff, Michelle Morisco has this update. This storm is expected to bring anywhere from one to two feet of snow to Flagstaff in Coconino County. And by late Wednesday morning, it had already led to closures of the 180 north of Arizona Snow Bowl, the 64 around the Grand Canyon, and 75 miles of Interstate 40. The National Weather Service said Flagstaff has already received 118 inches of powder this winter, even before the system blew in. So with this storm, the city could reach 12 feet of accumulation this season so far. In Flagstaff, in the need of a fresh snow shovel, I'm Michel Marisco. While running for Attorney General, Democrat Chris Mays vowed to undo a state land lease that provides free groundwater to a Saudi Arabian alfalfa grower. But as Ben Giles reports, Governor Katie Hobbs says that is easier said than done. In February, Mays told 12 News she was planning imminent action on the Saudi water deal, which uses land in La Paz County to grow alfalfa that's then shipped to the Middle East. But on Tuesday, Hobbs said nothing was in the works. It's a very complex issue and not something that the AG has the authority to frankly do on her own. Um, it's, a, it's a complicated lease um, that we can't just end. Mays has said she believes the Saudis' use of Arizona farmland and water are illegal. But Hobbs told reporters that simply breaking the lease could put the state at risk of violating its contract with the Saudis. Hobbs said it's also unclear how much groundwater would be spared if the lease were broken, given how much farmland the Saudis own in Arizona. Ben Giles, KJZZ News, Phoenix. States in the lower Colorado River Basin are pushing back on a proposal from their upper basin counterparts. As Alex Hager reports, they are responding to a call to suspend some water releases to prop up Lake Powell. Arizona, California, and Nevada wrote a letter to the Federal Bureau of Reclamation saying they're mostly on board with plans to pause some of those releases and let reservoirs upstream of Lake Powell fill back up. But they think we need more time to see if the snow that fills them stays strong for a few more months. Arizona's top water official Tom Bushatsky says at the end of the day, everyone needs to be consulted before taking action. It is not solely at the discretion of the upper basin and reclamation. The lower basin is a key role in whether or not things like this should and can move forward. Reclamation has the final say in the matter and hasn't yet told states if it plans to cut back on water releases. I'm Alex Hager. Republican lawmakers have been distancing themselves from a wild accusation made at a GOP hearing last week that Governor Hobbs and other top elected officials were being bribed by a Mexican drug cartel. On Tuesday, Hobbs denied the charge, which was presented to a legislative committee without any evidence. No, I'm not involved with the Sinaloa cartel. I'm not taking bribes from them, and I'm not laundering their money. Hobbs called the Republican hearing on election frauds a circus show and said she hasn't ruled out filing a defamation suit. It is dangerous. It makes the legislature, quite honestly, a laughingstock and Arizona by extension. And um, I hope folks are held accountable for this. Other elected leaders accused at the hearing are also reportedly considering lawsuits. 
From KJZZ News, I'm Matthew Casey. Officials say a former Phoenix City manager is returning to public work as leader of a regional planning agency that makes certain policy decisions. Ed Zerker will make about $325,000 annually for the next two years as executive director of the Maricopa Association of Governments. Zerker retired from Phoenix in late 2021 after nearly three decades at the city. The Department of Homeland Security will award $350 million to organizations assisting migrants and asylum seekers. From the front terrace desk in Tucson, Elisa Resnick reports funding comes from the bipartisan omnibus package signed into law in December. The money will come from FEMA and will help local communities working with asylum seekers released from DHS custody to await their immigration proceedings in the U.S. More than a million migrants have been blocked from accessing the U.S. asylum process over the last few years because of the pandemic-era border restriction, Title 42. Aid groups working along the border in Arizona have helped distribute COVID tests, vaccines, transportation, and other services for those able to bypass restrictions and enter the U.S. Groups can soon apply to receive funding through the initiative to mitigate those costs. Alisa Resnick, KJZZ News, Tucson. Crime rates across the country showed a decades-long decline by 2019, but after the pandemic, rates of homicides, domestic violence, and robberies went up. Charles Katz is director of the Center for Violence Prevention and Community Safety at ASU. He told KJZZ's the show crime rates are now leveling off locally. Keep in mind that homicides were roughly three to four times higher than they were now back in the early 1990s during the crack epidemic. We're still at about half the homicide rate as we were back in 2005 in Phoenix. Katz said Phoenix's ability to spend federal money on local initiatives such as police body cameras has slowed the crime rate. Scottsdale City prosecutors haven't said if they'll charge a man seen on video mocking Native American dancers in Old Town last month with misdemeanor disorderly conduct. A police report about the incident obtained through a public records request does not say if officers tried to talk to the suspect. Here once again with that is Matthew Casey. Scottsdale police say investigators did contact Gilbert Ortega Jr.'s lawyer, who said his client would not give a statement. Ortega's family has traded in Native American artwork since the early 1800s. One of the dancers Ortega reportedly mocked outside of his family's gallery told police that harassment by Ortega was not new. A nearby business owner was reluctant to talk to police because they feared retaliation from Ortega. Another owner said the dancers antagonized Ortega by calling him a short little guy with little man syndrome. Ortega did not reply to a request for comment. Matthew Casey, KJZZ News, Phoenix. Although the state's minimum wage is $13.85 per hour, cities can implement their own higher thresholds. In Flagstaff, the minimum wage is $16.80 per hour, and Tucson's will soon rise to $14.25 per hour. Now some state lawmakers want to provide tax credits to those businesses to help offset the higher wages they are forced to pay. Valley economist Alan McGuire says the measure could put financial pressure on cities, but it also might help. If the tax credit being proposed here partially offsets the increased costs of that small business, that may allow that small businessman to add personnel or spend more money in the community. McGuire told KJZZ's The Show he doesn't know whether the governor would sign such a bill, but has a long way to go through the legislature before landing on her desk. For the first time in 25 years since their reintroduction, the wild population of endangered Mexican gray wolves has topped the 200 mark. 
And more than 241 wild wolves join around 380 that are housed in more than 60 facilities. From the Arizona Science Desk, Nicholas Gerbis reports. At the close of 2022, the year the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service finalized changes to its Mexican wolf management rule, counts showed at least 59 packs, 31 breeding pairs, and 81 surviving pups. The rise marks the seventh consecutive year of population growth. Jim DeVos is the Mexican wolf coordinator for Arizona Game and Fish. We went up 20% in a single year. That's a a giant milestone in any type of endangered species recovery. The wolves and their management continue to be the subject of lawsuits from conservation groups and ranchers and of controversy regarding livestock deaths. Annual wolf mortalities dropped last year from the high 20s to 12, their lowest since 2017. Nicholas Gerbis, KJCC News, Phoenix. In sports basketball, a successful debut for Kevin Durant with the Suns. In his first game since the big trade last month with Brooklyn, Durant scored 23 on 10 of 15 shooting in 25 minutes. Suns got a game-high 37 from Devin Booker as they win in wire-to-wire fashion, 105-91 over the Hornets in Charlotte. Before the game, the Suns' new superstar said he was looking forward to getting back after missing 20 games with a knee injury. It's going to take me some time to get used to everything early on, but as far as just having fun and just getting lost in the game, I'm looking forward to doing that again. DeAndre Ayton added 16 and 16 rebounds. Sun's seventh win in 10 games. They'll play in Chicago tomorrow. Hockey. Coyotes lose in Dallas to the Stars last night, 4-2 on the second night of a back-to-back. Clayton Keller and Barrett Hayden scored for Arizona. Connor Ingram stopped 37 shots in a losing cause. And that does it for this edition of KJZZ Sun Up, Arizona's morning news podcast on this Thursday, March the 2nd. I'm Phil Latzman. Stay warm out there. Going to be chilly. Enjoy the rest of the day. We'll do it again tomorrow.